You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. It's a brand new year, and we've got brand new problems. Well, maybe not brand new problems, uh, but most importantly, we have solutions to these problems, and we're going to give them to you today. And one of the issues that we are dealing with uh, was brought to our attention, or shall we say, highlighted uh, just a few short weeks ago with a, a fairly major breach that in, uh, impacted the United States government. And it has everybody talking, and I mean everybody globally, talking about vendor supply chain, MSP supply chain in our context. And what does it mean? What are the threats? What does it really mean for practicing managed service providers who have and rely on third-party vendors slash supply chain vendors who are part of, integrally part of the managed services delivery that they are offering to their customers. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about technical. We're going to talk about legal. We're going to talk about business risk and solutions, real solutions that you can take to mitigate and kind of resolve, or at least start to think about how you would resolve and address your own uh, supply chain issues. Uh, And joining us uh, for the first time this year, uh, is our old friend, Rob Scott. Scott, Rob, welcome. Thank you, Charlie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Rob. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to start this off as a, as a negative, but it's certainly something that is, is on the front pages of most papers in, in recent weeks, and, and that's the, uh, you know, the, the, the data breach that the U.S. government had, and it, it got linked back to a... Um, a, a fairly popular uh, network monitoring management tool. And in fairness to that company, um, the, the vulnerability appears to be for an older version, which, you know, if you had not patched that, uh, that tool, that's apparently how this, this uh, breach uh, was um, carried out. But it, but it brings up a larger issue, which, Rob, I know you, you care very much about and, and have talked a lot about here on this program and at, at MSP World and other places. And, and that is how do managed service providers handle or, or how should they start to think about their risk and their customers' risk as it pertains to the supply chain? What say you? Well, <clears throat> well I think that it's very important because the way that managed services are delivered today involve frequently numerous technology partnerships or arrangements wherein the managed service provider is playing a coordinating or quarterbacking role and providing vendor selection, vendor management, and vendor implementation services uh, around a, a common set of solutions that it offers to uh, many or all of its customers. And so when I talk to a typical MSP client who's engaging me for uh, customer contracting work, um, it's fairly typical that, you know, they offer a core managed services offering that is 
based on a common remote management solution, such as ConnectWise or others. Um, they are offering a uh, backup and disaster recovery services uh, frequently offered by Datto or others. They offer security services, including security awareness training that could be offered by Before or uh, other uh, vendors that are in the space. Uh, and the list goes on and on, spam filtering, um, malware detection, uh, security operation center services, and on and on and on. And each set of services involves potentially one or more vendor relationships. <clears throat> so the customer is going, so the, the MSP is going to the customer with a set, with a contract that all of these other contracts potentially impact. And the, the concern is that the customer has a contract with the MSP. The MSP is contracted with the vendors and there's a potential liability gap there for the MSP that needs to be managed. And I would submit more tightly than it's been done in the past. Right. Rob, let me, let me ask you this. I, I just want to maybe state for the record that as long as you and I have been in, in the managed services profession, it's not normal, nor is it reasonable to expect that any one MSP is going to be completely self-contained and island amongst themselves and able to produce services and the underlying hardware slash software necessary to fulfill their their services obligations to their customers. There is a legitimate need to to use these these third parties, uh, and that's not unique to managed services. That's that's all over. That's even in your field in, in legal services. You you do that all the time. And there's no question, Charles. And I think the biggest issue is think about how the perspective of managed services has evolved. From in the beginning, it was a customer had all this hardware and software and they needed somebody to manage it for them. There wasn't any doubt that it was the customer's responsibility to maintain the security or to maintain the patches or to purchase the licenses from third parties. It wasn't any doubt that if a third party failure occurred, it wasn't the MSP's fault that the MSP wouldn't be financially responsible for that. But today, managed services are being sold as solutions. It's, you know, we, we, we offer these types of solutions. And it creates in the mind, it has created in the mind of the customer the idea that I'm hiring you for this solution. If you go outsource a portion of it to somebody else, then that's on you. But it's a much different mindset. The, the old mindset is it's the customer's IT infrastructure and the MSP is helping the customer manage their stuff. And today with cloud and the evolution of managed services and the way it's being delivered, that's not really the perception anymore. We're not really managing the customer's stuff in the same way that it used to be done. So let, let me ask you a, a follow-up question, uh, maybe just a, a starter question, which is now that we, so, so take everything that you just said as, as, as a given, that's all true, but now the, everybody knows it, 
right? This discussion is no longer a unique niche managed services only discussion. It's not only happening at MSP world. These discussions, but which by the way, we used to have and still do have at MSP world and have had them for a decade or, or more. It's not new uh, in terms of a topic or a theme, but it's new in that it's being played out and these questions are being asked on the Wall Street Journal, in the New York Times, in the Financial Times of London, on the on the radio waves, on the on the TV uh, that you watch, so that that is new. How does an MSP start to look at making sense of all of this supply chain uh, drama? Because that's really what I see. This is is the supply chain quote unquote issue is what is being raised to MSPs. Am I safe? Are you safe, my MSP? What's your What's your thoughts on that? The answer is no. <laughs> We're not safe. <laughs> we, we are the furthest thing from safe that we could be. And so the question is, what do we do to operate in an unsafe world? And there are roadmaps for this. I mean, there are regulations and laws that have been written to, 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 to define what needs to happen in order to be reasonable in terms of discharging your obligations, in terms of vendor selection and vendor management. I would submit that those standards will be, um, would be the standard that an MSP would be held to, whether they were subject to those regulations or they were going to be measured as a, under a reasonable person standard. And those include, you know, due diligence. You know, what kind of due diligence, you talk about the vendor, the, the channel and the supply chain, you know, before you select a supplier, you have to engage in due diligence. And it's more than I met somebody and they gave me a card. I met a salesperson. You know, this is technical due diligence where you're evaluating the, the, the viability and stability of the solution and the company with an eye towards making sure that whatever you're recommending to your customers leaves their data at least as safe as it is now. So, so do some due diligence on your technical and business due diligence on your supply chain vendors is what I'm hearing. 100%. 100%. Okay. You need to be business with people who are economically viable, going concerns, you know, stable companies with um, the right technology to protect your customers' confidential information. All right, Rob, I, I want to bring up back our old friends at Microsoft just because they're good sports and, and they're, they're kind of ubiquitous uh, in terms of, you know, everybody uses them. Um, all right, so if, if an MSP is going to market with a managed service and they're bringing, they're a Microsoft partner and they're selling Microsoft 365, a very popular business office productivity suite, everybody knows this, um, but they're a vendor. They're a supply chain vendor to the MSP and consequently to the MSP's customers. So in your analysis, right, the MSP does due diligence, right? So they ask, you know, relevant questions of Microsoft, which again are, are fairly well known and established to everyone. But there are still limits to what Microsoft legally will um, hold themselves accountable to, correct? And there are also some technical things 
that they won't do that will require the MSP to augment or the certainly the customer's consent to say, I'm not safe just by virtue of me using Microsoft. I need something else. So could you could you unpack that and how that conversation and vendor supply chain discussion might play out for an MSP? Sure. So, so first of all, with an MSP, uh, presumably they're a CSP, so they're selling pursuant to an agreement with Microsoft. And that agreement carries certain things that they have to do, including certain written uh, contracts that they need to have their customer agree to. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a basic compliance thing. When you sell Microsoft, you have to include Microsoft uh, prescribed language in your customer contract. But the other thing that you have to do in this context of due diligence is determine, is Microsoft the right fit for this particular customer? The due diligence is at the customer level. It's the end user level. You're looking at a vendor. You, you, everyone knows that Microsoft is a suitable vendor for some companies, but they may not be suitable for certain other companies. And that's part of what the MST would need to be evaluated. Is that fit? That's part of the due diligence. It's, is the company viable with Microsoft? The answer is yes. Is their technology robust? The answer is yes. Would it make most people at least as safe as they are today? I think the answer is yes. So, you know, can that MSP feel comfortable, you know, moving um, clients to Microsoft's cloud? Yes, but there's a compliance issue. And the customer needs to be made aware that if something goes wrong with that environment, you're not going to be responsible for it. And their rights are going to be limited to what they can get from Microsoft, which is very little. So, Rob, I, what, what I'm hearing is in addition to the technical and business due diligence that the MSP should be doing on the vendors, there's, there's also, you're, you're bringing up a, a fundamental uh, suitability or needs assessment of the customer's needs matched up to the existing supply chain vendors that the MSP currently has and, and do they match and do they, do they fit the customer's needs ultimately? hundred percent. Do you think that that takes place now or is that something that MSPs need to do a better job at? I think there are MSPs who do a great job of it. I think there is the potential that, you know, we get our menus so, you know, we're focused on scalability. We tighten our menus so tight and then we just sell our, you know, we sell our menu to everybody cookie cutter. And so I think that is something we need to, you know, particularly as companies grow and the principals may not be involved in all the selling. We definitely want to be mindful of this fit piece which is you could have a solid technology from a reputable vendor that for whatever reason isn't a fit for a particular client. And that would be something that could get the MSP in trouble if they weren't mindful of that. So, uh, look, I, it, it's inevitably happening even as we speak, right? Conversations all over the world are happening with, with customers and MSPs and saying, you know, I, I read about the, 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 the breach at the U.S. government level. Do we use that type, a similar type of tool? How should the MSPs, in your opinion, start to 
uh, introduce the concept or even respond to a, a discussion with the customer about the vendors that they're using and are those vendors safe? Because as you said, you know, we live in an unsafe world. How should the MSP communicate that to a customer? Well, I think really that's a message about security, security maturity. If the client has a very mature security and the environment is tight and you've got, you know, everything buttoned up and you advise the client about their need for insurance, um, I think you've done everything you could do. Really, the, the, the discussion from the MSP is not one about how to fight international terrorism or cyber warfare. The conversation with the customer is a conversation about their security assessment. Where are they in their maturity? Where, you know, what projects are open? What projects need to be moving forward? What projects got solved? What things are, are where, what is going on with the environment today in terms of legacy systems or hardware that are creating potential vulnerabilities in the future? And how do we get ahead of that? Where are we with, you know, deploying new, new security tools that will help with either authentication or um, other, you know, vulnerabilities. So really, to me, this is an opportunity for the MSP to have a conversation about security with each customer. What can we be doing for each customer to improve their security and make sure for the, you know, for the, for the situations that will inevitably occur where, you know, the bad guys prevail, that there's appropriate disaster recovery, redundancy, and insurance. So c- contracts, we, we've talked about contract uh, provisions, uh, both with the vendor to the extent that that's possible. We've talked about, uh, you're a huge proponent about, you know, adequately modifying and architecting a service, a managed services agreement to deal with and express explicitly those types of risks, uh, including, I presume, uh, vendor supply chain uh, risks. Um, you just mentioned insurance, right? That That's obviously something that would would uh, supplement the contractual um, discussions and, and risk mitigation that the MSPs have at, at play. Yeah, and it, and it fits with this point of, no, it's not safe. That's why we have to do all these other things to make it safer. And we still won't be 100% safe. That's why we need insurance. Right. Well. I think the message that the MSP should be sending to customers when it comes to security is it's an unsafe world and it's getting less safe. But but the, the safety or the, the lack of safety is not due to the MSP or the tools. It's It's... I look at it as these tools are like windows in your house. No one's going to say a burglar broke into my window, so I'm going to do away with all my windows. I mean, maybe you put up bars in your windows, or maybe you you put a security camera outside. But you, you know, that I I always take that approach that these are fundamental things that we need to operate right to maintain our networks and our systems, And, and these are just. What I guess what I'm saying is you're presenting this as an opportunity to have a, a realistic conversation with the customers and, and actually make it productive. And 100%. And there may be customers who say the security of these systems 
is more important to me than anything else. And therefore, I don't want any agents that report out to public uh, Internet ports. Right. For this environment, there will be no outbound ports enabled. So that's the conversation. Yeah, I, I have represented large corporations that run um, um, television um, stations. And you can't get to the television station computers. They're not gettable. They're not pingable. They're not, you know, agent. You can't deploy either agentlessly or agent-based tools to those environments by design. So I, I don't want, I don't, I don't think it's a given that every environment needs to have a remote monitoring agent installed on it. I also don't want to give the impression that remote monitoring tools are inherently dangerous and should be uninstalled. But they have been vulnerabilities in the recent past that that attack uh, through remote monitoring tools, and they're particularly lucrative targets because if you can gain access to a vulnerability, you can get to a lot of nodes potentially. And I think they'll continue to be um, subject to attack. Yeah, and I think that's a good, great point, Rob. And going back to the, uh, what was it, the target of the TG Maxx um, uh, breach many, many years ago involving the one that involved the HVAC vendor, right? I mean, no one's saying HVAC systems are inherently dangerous because of that exploit that 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 was a classic supply chain um vulnerability uh that that occurred but it's it's about the process i I look at everything you're saying i say it's about process because you're talking about each of these bullet point items is a process related or control related discussion and a, a a manipulation if necessary of that process or control to accomplish the client's objectives but it's not the inherent lack of safety of a system because I agree with you. They're, they're not inherently unsafe. No, they're neither safe or unsafe. I mean, the, the lack of safety has to do with the evil in people's hearts. You know what I mean? There's so much uh, criminal activity. Uh, it's, 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 um, you're literally in a cat and mouse game. And, um, I think the MSP that's regularly engaging with the customer about the conversation of security, both in terms of new solutions that can be brought to the table and the fact that the MSP is not the insurance company. Um, and, and, you know, th- these are the customer's risks that are being discussed. Yes. Um, I think that's really the important thing to think about. And, and I think if you do that, you both, address the question of increased security awareness, which everyone has, even before this. I mean, you talk to CIOs, business owners, you know, when it comes to IT, their top priority is security. And so I look at this as, a, as, as MSP has an opportunity to have a conversation about security and risk management, but also, you know, MSPs need to be mindful of this due diligence uh, requirement because, if something goes wrong with the vendor, the MSP could be sued, and the question will be will be asked: What research did you do? You know, what? How did you? How were you confident that this was a a viable solution for this customer, which, by the way, had a loss? 
Well, yeah, I, I think to that point, Rob, it, it's an interesting point because th- this wasn't an obscure tool. This was a, a fairly popular tool. It's, it's used by end user, for, forget MSPs. It's, I, I believe, used more by yeah, end user no IT is, organizations. Yeah, it, no question. This, this is a product that is primarily used uh, as an in-house solution for in-house um, IT ops. Right, right. So, okay, so, so we've talked about uh, contractual uh, ways to address this, insurance, uh, again, all, all things that, you know, people can go back and listen to, to some of the episodes where Rob has been on and talked uh, at length about some of these issues. Um, but it's, it's, I think, Rob, the main point, one of them is, is have the discussion sooner rather than later, maybe proactively bring up would you suggest having these discussions and say, what is our 2021 approach to security and, and have the discussion? Security review. Yeah. Great, great topic to go sit down with a customer and just have a conversation about security. What are the concerns? What are the vulnerabilities? You know, what, what projects are, are out there that are the low fruit to help with security? I just think a security assessment, a security conversation is critically important. And, and if you're, if, as, a, as an MSP, if you're not leading with security, you're losing. Because the MSPs that are doing really well are the ones that are leading with security solutions, with security uh, as a priority in their messaging and in their delivery. Well, Rob, I, I really appreciate your, your input and expertise on this. As always, for those of you who, who haven't um, met Rob or engaged his firm services in the past, I really recommend that you, yeah, hey, it's, it's a new year. Um, uh, we got through 2020, uh, you know, finally. And what better time to have a fresh review of your managed services agreements, make sure that they are properly addressing your vendor supply chain risks and taking all the uh, available steps and, and methods that are available out there to mitigate your risk as an MSP. And there's, there's enough risk, uh, there's enough uh, you know, junk out there floating around that we don't have to uh, add to that. There's, there's really simple, effective ways that you can bring down your risk to some degree, uh, give Rob and his firm a call and, and they'll do some uh, pretty good work for you. Um, Rob, as always, appreciate it. And we'll, we'll see you on the next MSP Zone. Thank you, Charles. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone. Thank you.